uh, Nick just begins to walk forward. Nick is maybe 20 years old. And he walks forward and he begins to start to pray. He's about to pray. He's still about five feet away from the person he's about to pray for. He starts approaching them with his hands. He's going to just lay hands on their shoulder to pray. And probably a diameter of about 10 people just hit the floor all around. Just a pile of people just go down under the power of God. Um, These are children, like 15 to 25 years old. And then he walks towards them. He's not even to them yet. And the power of God hits the room. Probably a circle of diameter, about 10 feet of people just all lay flat on the ground. And my buddy Nick just backs up and looks at me with huge eyes and just like, whoo, oh. And I looked at him and I was like, wow. Hey, welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. St. Ignatius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Jesus said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. This podcast is here to bring God glory through you becoming fully alive and you bearing much fruit or having powerful results in your life. I believe you can use your unique gifts and talents to change the world. If you listen to this show and read our blogs, you will be inspired to take your own journey of faith to become a man or woman who is fully alive, making an impact in the world around you. I interview people that I think are awesome that are doing that today to inspire and to challenge you, you can do the same. Let's get rolling. Today on the Killing Fire, I have in my home a special species of a man. <laughs> Scott Coates. I want to lead it. He is human. <laughs> wow. A brother that's, that's from awesome, another mother. It's an awesome lead in. <laughs> Scott and his wife um, have been on the show before, uh, back in the fall, in a show called Be Fearless. Uh, they are actually uh, back on the mainland um, mm. for another 24 hours. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, glad to have you on the show. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Super excited. The reason I have Scott on the show today is because uh, we were at an event where him and his wife were, were kind of sharing the crazy stories that, that God has uh, allowed them to see in the last year or so uh, mm-hmm. with uh, being missionaries with Youth with a Mission. And uh, they were sharing kind of with family, you know, and friends, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, there were some amazing stories there. And I said, you know what, Scott, before you leave, can you, can you come on the show? And he said, if you will provide coffee... <laughs> And I said, I think I can do that. It's, it's necessary. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we, we've got our coffee and we're ready to go. So Got our legal addictive stimulants. Exactly. <laughs> so so tell, just to, to get everybody up to speed, kind of tell us a little bit about you know, what you're doing with YWAM and then we'll yeah. kind of roll into the show. Yeah. So, I mean, as Troy said, my wife and I, are, we serve as missionaries with Youth with a Mission. They're in Kona, Hawaii. Um, it's one of the two largest missions sending uh, organizations, and uh, I work primarily in music and worship, so I train up worship leaders there, um, closely tied with a ministry called Fire and Fragrance. And uh, so we've trained since last fall uh, a little over 100 worship leaders and sent them out to close to 30 different nations and starting little pockets of revival all over the earth. So 
it's pretty awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> so uh, predominantly the people you're around, what yeah. age range are those? Are those I'd folks? say mostly 18 to 25. Okay. So there's different schools, but fire and fragrance, probably 18 to 25 is the average. So that age yeah. range yes. has a reputation Yes. Uh, so, uh, so millennials, right? So, what, yeah. what would you, what would you, how would you describe that reputation? Oh, lazy. Um, usually, you know, a lot of the world would say they're lazy or uh, maybe entitled. Um, I'm trying to think of the other things. Honestly, I'm just so stoked on things that I've seen that it's hard for me to go there now and think of all the other, the bad things. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, so so outside of yeah, looking in, for like, sure, it's sort of the 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 generation of the selfish. I right? think I you think know, kind I of think thing. selfish is like a huge thing. Like selfish and title, those are like big like banner words, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that um, the millennials don't see because they're not on Facebook anymore, but for, for those that are on Facebook, so is yesterday. that you, yeah, <laughs> you see you see stuff in the feeds that are just like you know um, you know here's a terrible example of some millennial you know yeah uh, young man who's mm. completely you know a wimp you know and then yeah, and, right. and you get this sort of like it's almost like hate mail yeah and it's just sort of like. You know, we're that, they're this. Yeah. We're that, yes. they're this, and yes. you get that constant tension, it's marginalizing, and uh, which is not the not the heart of God at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so one of the things that uh, struck me, and the reason I wanted to have you on the show was you are seeing things that are different. Yes, for in sure. In that age range, and and yeah. so I want you to just kind of share with people that may not have a millennial friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh gosh. You know, what 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 is God doing with the millennials? And yeah, so that's that's kind of yeah. what my my heart was for the show. Yeah, I mean where we work, like I said, where we work in Kona with that school. I mean it's a it's a missionary school, and the sort of the big um, big messages over that school would be like we are the nameless and the faceless. It's all Christ centered, obviously missional school. Um, so just the kind of demographic you get are people that are sold out and ready to go, but you do get to see sort of like a little smidge of what's out there. Like, um, I guess you would say in the millennial world, you get to see just a little picture of what's actually going on. And a big thing for me is what I always tell people is just sometimes maybe you just need to turn off the news and go talk, (laughs) go talk to a millennial face to face. (laughs) Maybe just make a friend, you know, and like hop off the news feed and just go make a friend and you'll find there's a lot of hope out there. Um, there's so much hope and so much power, so much potential, um, in millennials. And I think what I'm seeing and what me and my wife are seeing is that millennials, when they believe in something in a culture where everything's up for grabs and everything's just kind of swirly and it's up to you, what you define as truth and all this, when somebody actually stands up and makes a a declaration of what's truth and it's said in love, and there's the big caveat when it's said in love, because millennials can definitely feel, I always say they feel your love before they hear your message. Yeah. So they want to feel seen and known just like anybody else. That's not a millennial thing. That's a human thing. But once they hear you, they feel loved and they hear you make a statement, 
um, and stand your ground for something, uh, they will sink their teeth into that and they'll be loyal to that and they want to go all in. It's like an all in generation, mm. like indulgent, and it can be indulgent for the best ways, for the best things. It's yeah. just all in on what they believe in. So if they get sold out for the right reasons, they're unstoppable. Yeah, one of the things I heard you say at this event was that they're more about the periods than the exclamation yeah. points. So yeah, what did I've you mean that. by that? I've said that for years. I've said <clears throat> we have a generation coming up that's more excited about the periods than the exclamation marks, meaning everything in our culture is just like sell, sell, sell. It's all exclamation marks. It's all overhype. It's all trying to get your attention. But when somebody just comes in with a deep inner conviction, because there's not a lot of that these days, just an inner conviction of this is truth. And it's just a very simply put with a period. Um, Hopefully that makes sense, but it's just like a period and not an exclamation mark. That's more exciting to a millennial, somebody that just walks in simple conviction and a simple understanding. Simplicity, even by itself, is attractive to millennials because it's such a complicated world now. And they've never been, there's never been a generation that's had more options, right, than millennials have. It's just a massive swirl. (laughs) So when somebody comes in, simple lifestyle, full of love, walking in conviction, it's super attractive. To a yeah. millennial. And it's different. Yes. Because everything's hype. It's very different. Everything's hype and everything's up for grabs. Yeah. No one and knows what they stand for. It's like everybody's got megaphones everywhere. Yes. I think what yes. What the millennials are looking for a lot, and the the news would tell you this is not true, but what I have seen with my own eyes with hundreds and hundreds of millennials that we teach is that they're looking for a this might sound kind of funny, but they're looking for a loving understanding like grandpa <laughs> it's honestly because when we when we have like some older and more seasoned people on base that take their time with millennials and actually want to hear their story and want to know them wow. and not judge them and make assumptions out of the gate but want to get to know them yeah a lot of times that is so attractive because unfortunately they haven't had that they haven't had a strong parental figure it's certainly sometimes not a, a grandparent figure. Yeah. Um, so they really are looking for that. The news would have you think that they hate the older generations, but they're looking to be poured into. Yeah. They really want it, but they want to be heard as well. So one of the, so I just uh, finished a podcast, the last podcast I did, uh, with somebody that works with millennials. Mm. Uh, and they do like a discipleship program for many millennials over a year. And one of the things he said what was so interesting was he said that there, uh, there's an appearance of courage mm. um, or bravery or mm. uh, kind of radicalness, but there's actual fear, mm. more fear in them uh, of mm. kind of looking the fool or, or kind of getting exposed or, or whatever. Yeah. But you were telling stories of true courage, true bravery, yes. true radicalism. Oh, for sure. And, and that wasn't Gosh. hype. That wasn't yeah. a show or, or you know, I, yeah. I climbed this mountain for this selfie, you know, yeah. so you look like I'm <laughs> yes, you know, amazing, right. but I'm, I'm really yeah. not. So can you kind of give that, con- give me a little bit more on that, that what you're seeing from the, cur- what God is helping them become courageous. Yeah. And, yeah. I think, <clears throat> I guess what I could say is I've seen... Like I said, they really want to be a part of something they believe in. Some people have called it the Tom Shoes generation, where they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves, right? They want to be a part of a movement rather than just to be elevated Mm -hmm. alone. So um, 
and actually there's been studies that have shown that even millennials are more community based than many other generations. They want to do things in community. They want to collaborate. They want to brainstorm in larger groups mm-hmm. um, rather than be like a lone ranger. And I'm just going to, you know, yeah. pull myself up by my bootstraps and plow the ground. And right. Right. So there, um, but as far as the bravery and real bravery, I mean, I see every day we see millennials sign up for life for things that aren't sexy, that aren't like going to look great on Instagram. Yeah. And um, we just see them sign up for giving their entire lives to something to be, like I said, quote unquote, nameless and faceless mm. is a huge banner statement. And uh, I was telling Troy, like one of the exciting things that gets people excited in our classrooms where I, I had a real sober moment. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a different generation. As a girl stood up, maybe 22 years old, and she jumped up in the tent. We learned in a big tent outside. It's awesome, like a big event tent, like a wedding tent kind yeah. of thing. And she jumps up and she says, may it be our goal in life to live, preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. And everyone just started shouting and was all in for this thing. And it was just like a roar. It was like the movie 300. Just, oh. Yeah, yeah. And we, I was completely taken back because this is supposed to be the generation that wants to be championed, wants to be made into a celebrity, yeah. wants to be the, the one that is seen. But they were all signing up to do this because they want to be a part of something that's worthy. And what's more worthy than yeah. Jesus? Yeah, yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, that is awesome. And and when uh, so just to give a context of the roar, how many yeah. people are in that tent? This semester it'll be close to five hundred. Yeah. So we're talking tent. like five hundred strong. Eighteen um, to twenty five year olds. Eighteen to twenty five. Completely surrendered to give their life to this mission, to see the Great Commission fulfilled in their lifetime. I mean, they can see the big picture, they see it in their Bible, they feel it in their heart, it's burning, that's what they want to be a part of. They're yeah. not worried about like I said, what looks good, what looks sexy. They're so done with that. They're just so oversaturated with that their whole life. Yeah. That yeah. they're ready to sink their teeth into something that matters. Yeah, they want something real. Very much so. Authenticity is massive yeah. with reaching the yeah. millennial generation. Yeah. And that's a, that's a huge hot button with me. People always ask, how do I reach millennials? And I will give you one word, authenticity. Yeah. Every single time. They will sniff out a fake. And a Harvey, they've been trained to their whole life to try to figure it out because <laughs> they have to constantly weed at things out, you know, weed stuff out in media and weed stuff out with people. And yeah, and so yeah. they know it right away and they know an authentic person right away when they see it. And it's super attractive because it's so different. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, it is different. So tell me, tell me the story so that you tell a, a really a wild story uh, in Myanmar. Yes. Yeah. So you were, you went to uh, you, you went to Myanmar, and uh, so tell a, tell a little bit about that. <laughs> so yeah, we just went to Myanmar um, a few months ago to, to hold some uh, crusade gatherings. Myanmar, that's wild. Myanmar's only been open to the gospel about six years now, and even up until about fifteen twenty years ago, it was the most dangerous nation to be in as a Christian. So it would be even or equivalent to North Korea in that time. Yeah. So we were there. Um, having some crusade gatherings, preaching, declaring the gospel, signs, miracles, and wonders, um, like power demonstration, everything, just book of Acts meetings going on. Well, I was in charge of hosting a worship leaders training time. And so different worship leaders from all around Myanmar would come out to this. And some of them would bust for eight hours. Some of them walked forever. It was just amazing. So we had a room full, probably 50 or 60 uh, different worship leaders, and um, 
I was standing there and the Lord told me, make sure, I just almost audibly heard, make sure that they're saved first. So I was like, okay. So I look into this room of all these kids. A lot of them were about anywhere from 15 to maybe 25. Yeah. And so really took my time with the translator to make sure they were saved, and they were, praise God. And then I asked if they... <laughs> this thing going on right now. <laughs> and then I asked um, if any of them had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And only one in the back of the room had out of like 50 or 60 people. And so then I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to make an invitation for them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so I had them all line up in the room after a teaching, about a 20-minute teaching on the Holy Spirit um, from the book of Acts. And then said, basically, we're going to pray for you. We can't give you anything. We're going to ask God with you for power. Um, before Peter was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was a coward. And then we see afterwards he preached and thousands came to the Lord. So yeah. we prayed for this. We lined them all up. I had my team line up to my left and my right. And we made this clear. We're not, we can't give you anything. This is going to be God. We're going to ask with you. And so I said, okay. I looked at my team and I said, we can begin to pray now. And a buddy of mine, uh, Nick, just begins to walk forward. Nick is maybe 20 years old. And he walks forward and he begins to start to pray. He's about to pray. He's still about five feet away from the person he's about to pray for. He starts approaching them with his hands. He's going to just lay hands on their shoulder to pray. And probably a diameter of about 10 people just hit the floor all around. Just a pile of people just go down under the power of God. Um, these are children, like 15 to 25 years old. And then he walks towards them. He's not even to them yet. And the power of God hits the room. Probably a circle of diameter, about 10 feet of people just all lay flat on the ground. And my buddy Nick just backs up and looks at me with huge eyes and just like, Woo, oh. and I looked at him and I was like, wow, like God was in the room. And it was great because those moments show everybody that you're not doing anything. Like we didn't even touch them. We didn't even get near them. And then God started to break out in the room without us being involved. And so we knew like, wow, the Lord's here. And so we just started praying for people and people started falling out. People started having full on encounters with the living God, having visions, getting healings. People were given their, um, some people were like rededicating their life to God. Lots of people were crying on the floor for hours. And uh, at, at some point in all this madness, we're praying for people. It was just beautiful, just beautiful moment with the Lord. I just made an announcement through the translator that, okay, teaching's over for today. <laughs> like, there's no more, there's going to be no more lessons today. And I kind of just made it known for, for worship leaders, like, this is the beginning and the end, right? Like, we could go through practical worship leading steps and all these things, but if it doesn't start with encounter with God and end with encounter with God, then we're just kind of flapping yeah. our lips here. You know what I mean? So, but to see all these 18 to 23 year olds, a really young team in Myanmar, yeah. um, praying for people and seeing healings and it just getting real to them. You could see it click in their eyes. Like, Oh my gosh, this God's alive. He really is still moving yeah. today. Yeah. And to see them step up into positions of leadership and to step up and preach the gospel yeah. boldly in a freshly, you know, quote unquote, open nation. But just because the government says it's open doesn't mean it feels open right. when you're there. It's still like 90% Buddhist nation. Right. 
and to see these young people stand up in the face of that opposition, not knowing what like what's about to happen. They could literally be taken down. They could be shot. They yeah. could be anything. And stand up full of conviction and boldness like a lion and just preach the gospel to entire villages and preach the gospel to thousands in a field gathering. These are like freshly out of high school kids and just full of belief. I don't care what happens. I know this to be the truth. If I die, I get to be with the Lord anyways. You can't kill me. <laughs> like It's just yeah. like... I'm blown away all the time. That was such a special trip. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and the Lord just, I mean, the Lord is no respecter of persons. Yeah. Right? He, he's looking, will you trust me? Yeah. And, and so much of the scriptures Gosh, was, was the 18 to 18, to, you know, or the, or the 15 yeah. to 25 years. So much of scripture. All the that. disciples were so young, man. Yeah. And, 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 and we have somehow injected into all those stories and most of our Christianity, you know, are you qualified? Are you like professional Christian? Are you professional? Yeah. Are you holy enough? <laughs> have you paid your dues? You know, who have discipled yeah, you? Jesus and on and irony, on right? and on. It's just like this long list of okay, maybe at the long at the end of that list when the fire is out, now you can go preach. Yeah. It's like what? I don't know how we got there. Like Jesus always had the hardest time with the professional Christians. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That was the biggest rub, right? So, so we're we're using this term nameless and faceless. Can yes. you give a context for that? Because some people might not have a context. Because there's yeah, a little yeah. bit more to that term than sure. just us using it. Yeah, nameless and faceless doesn't mean because you could hear that and be like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like you're like I'm not seen or known or cared for right. or whatever. It's not about that. It's like you don't find your identity in what you're doing. Yeah. And so, obviously, you're seen by the Lord, you're known by the Lord, you're seen by your community, you're right. known by your friends. Like, there's, we're, we're found in community, right? But nameless and faceless just makes, it puts a stake in the ground and says, like, look, it's not about me. It's, like, not to us, but to your name. Be the yeah. glory. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have to have my name on this. I don't have to have my name mm-hmm. on this song. I don't have to have my name on this ministry. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, it's the Lord's. And so it's basically just, we use the expression all the time, go low. You know, God favors the humble. Go yeah. low. Yeah. yeah. And so it's kind of like you encouraging your friends, like, go low, dude. Go low. It's the nameless and faceless, all for the glory of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that takes the pressure off of you as well, the pressure you never meant to carry. This whole celebrity Christendom is right. not how we're supposed to carry it. And that's not talking bad about anybody. I say it as a brother to my brothers, like yeah. in the Christian faith. Like you were never meant to carry that. It's not your burden to carry. It's because Jesus is the one that's supposed to be famous. Yeah. He's and, the celebrity in yeah, the room. And sometimes it's like nobody's fault. It just gets how you know, it just happens in different ways. But nameless and faceless, it's like, look, we're all going low and we just want Jesus to be the name on everyone's lips, the one on everybody's hearts. Mm. We want him to be the one highlighted. And so it's just an encouragement. Like, guys, it's not about us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, it makes me think of a, um, there's a scripture in Corinthians about Paul and Apollo. Mm. And, it, and it talks about the followers of Paul and the followers of Paul yeah. get kind of going at odds with each other because of, you know, different things that Paul was teaching versus Apollo and, and, yeah. and miracles and gifts that each one was doing. And, uh, and it was, it, it's, it's just like, um, that's just human nature, you know, to yeah. kind of create celebrities, honestly. Yeah. Um, yes, right, yeah. It, it just seems to be not only—there's people that seek it, but then yeah. if they don't seek it, you've got a whole crowd that wants to make you that. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all throughout history, right? Yeah. Yeah. So— I don't—yeah, just totally human nature. Yeah. And it's—I think it's a—it's probably like a tough, intentional thing to try to make it where it's not that way. 
yeah. for sure, where mm-hmm. you can just make it all about Jesus. That's why, you know, we have these words, and they're not just meant to be cute or to be something cool written on a T-shirt. They really are like an encouragement from a brother to a brother yeah. or a sister to a sister. Hey, man, nameless and faceless. And it's kind of like most of the time it makes you just kind of like rest your shoulders, take a deep breath, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's not about me. It's all about Jesus. And then you feel this fresh wind of freedom come back into your spirit. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden you're inspired again. You have energy again because you were getting all, we'd say all up in your flesh, <laughs> all in your feelings, right? Or you'd say getting really fleshy. <laughs> all up in and your And so most times it's used as an encouragement, you know, and not like a reprimand or something, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah, that's really good. So, yeah. um, so let's in, do you have any other, um, kind of people in mind that you've, that kind of, that in you thinking about them, you're like, you know, here's a good example of something God has done. Yeah. You know, for with, sure. With that, that age range. Just, Gosh, you know, man. I, yeah, <laughs> you've I know. seen a lot. I've seen a lot. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But I guess one person I would just pick out, I'll just tell one, there's like thousands I could sit here and tell all day. But, um, so my buddy, Jeff Mathis is a, a leader there in Wyoming with fire and fragrance. Um, but when I saw this guy preach, I was just, I was like undone. When I heard this guy speak, he spoke with authority. It reminds me when Jesus was, you know, Mm -hmm. speaking and everybody's like, who is this? He speaks with such authority. Mm -hmm. When I saw Jeff speak, I thought this guy has to be like, you know, in his thirties or whatever. I like made assumptions and, um, he just spoke with so much authority and so much knowledge and so much just passion about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And this guy, um, was only 22 years old. I heard him speaking. I had no clue until it was all over. I was like, oh my gosh. And not only that, it's just like he came from a lifestyle. He was a drug dealer. He was hooked like on different drugs at a very early age, 15, 16. And now he's leading these schools of hundreds of millennials and not like just leading it. Like he's leading millennials. Like he's a servant leader. Like he, a, a massive value for YOM is do first, then teach. And if that's the value, like Jeff Mathis has lived that out mm-hmm. so well. It's just like a 22-year-old young man, and he's preaching these crusade gatherings. Like, no longer is, like like we were talking about, the professional Christians, yeah, and you sure. have to have X, Y, Z. Yeah. And all those things are great. But now you're seeing people come out of the gate, just like full of passion, full of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and discipline. And they just come out of the gate, and there's just an increase in gifts. And I felt like that was something that we should even talk about. Just, I've just seen such an increase in gifts, whether it be in leadership or in music or in teaching. It's like there's an acceleration with this generation. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just because God's favoring this generation just because. Yeah. I think it's all for the greater harvest. It's mm-hmm. all because things things are accelerating in general. Yeah. And it's not God's desire that any should perish, right? And like all the more as we see the day approaching of Christ's return, you're seeing these gifts increase. And this generation of millennials is like unfair. It's like scandalous, like grace, like the gifting is just out of control. So, and I mean that even in like leadership, not just like talents and stuff, like just real raw servant leadership. And so I'm seeing a lot of these people in Kona leading hundreds with humility Mm -hmm. um, and going low all the time. You know, teaching a generation to be the nameless and faceless. And honestly, I'm just so stirred with hope. I'm like, man, if this is this generation, what's yeah. the next look like? Yeah. What's yeah. the next look like? And so, so, yeah. so, so one of the things that just immediately uh, comes to mind is so, so God does not work in generational bubbles. Yeah. 
Okay. Yes. Uh, and, and God is multi generational. He wants yes. all, right? All yeah. to be. But, but, um, there is a there is an element where um, you can get generations before you, or, or I, well, let's just say generations before you that say, "Oh yeah, you know, I used to be zealous." Yeah. Oh yeah, I I used to, um, you know, but but you know, let me show you the ropes of how to sort of, you know, manage this Christian life or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you've, <laughs> do you, you understand yeah, what I'm, I'm saying? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, yeah, yeah. so um, so can you talk a little bit about that? It's sort of like, because um, there's a lot of scriptures about, you know, anyway, there's, that's not how the Lord wants it to happen multi-generationally. Yes. He wants, that's one of the reasons why I, For as sure. a, um, I'll say younger man. <laughs> yes. When I compare to Lauren Cunningham. You know? <laughs> But when when I like when I think about him, like his the things that resonate with me about him yeah. is him, you know, little weird details like him going to a base and having nowhere to sleep, so he slept on the floor, and he's yeah, in right. charge of everything. Servant leadership, and he's man. sleeping on the floor, yeah. and that struck me so strongly yeah. as a young man. I was like, an older man sleeping on the floor. Wait a minute, this is different. Yeah. You yeah. know, they're not saying, you it's know, it's like something Jesus, would apo- you know, <laughs> Apostle, uh, Apostle Cunningham. And may I, you know, right. you know, shine your toenails right. and how, and how, you know, and all this weird kind of weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdness. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. like, yes, I am the apostle and shine my toenails and all that. You yeah. Know, it, it, I'm sorry. I'm, that's a total tangent. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine, dude. I love tangents, man. But okay, so talk to me a little bit about sort of what maybe what healthy that healthy multi generational oh, so thing good. can look like. Because uh, I guess I gave yeah. examples of bad. <laughs> no, that's so good, man. That and that's so like that's so important to me. Such a hot button issue with me, the multi generational thing. Like I said earlier, like they're honestly, like I'm telling you, millennials want to be poured into. They want to. They don't want to be. Nobody wants to be like fixed, diagnosed, made assumptions about right away. That's just weird. That's not being a friend. That's yeah. trying to be like a doctor to them or like a mechanic to a car. They want a yeah. friend. And they would love to have a friend that's in the older generation because there's just, like I said, unfortunately, it's broken. But broken men raise broken men, right? Broken yeah. women raise broken women. And there yeah. has been a lot of that. Yeah. And then millennials, fortunately, have been raised in a generation where it's not only okay, but it's encouraged to talk about those things. It's encouraged to talk about the hurts. It's encouraged to talk yeah. about the pain. Um, where I don't think, I think it's been a little suppressed in earlier generations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it looks like is, I think on a practical level, so you have somebody from an older generation, you have a millennial. The millennial wants to be, have a friend, wants to be poured into, wants that wisdom, wants that love, really wants that security and that love. Who doesn't want that? Yeah. yeah. Right. Especially from an older figure that way. Yeah. So they want to feel like you care and see them. And at the same time, I would say to the older generation, I would see those that I see do it well in the older generation. They allow the millennial to inspire them. Mm-hmm. as well. It's not like you have it figured out. If it's we, reciprocal. If, yes. If we ever get to the point where we feel like we have it figured out, man, that's like a scary, depressing place to be yeah. Yeah. because we serve a limitless God. Like we can't even imagine how many facets and angles of like who this God is that we serve. He's amazing. Yeah. And so just be open and allow the millennial to inspire you. So I see people in their 60s, 70s, 80s all wow. the time 
that are have this reciprocal relationship with these 18 to 25 year olds and they allow the millennials to stoke and stir the fire in them so it's not like yeah i once was zealous it's like yeah i am zealous thank you for reminding me Mm -hmm. and it's they 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 pour into each other they give wisdom they stoke their fire it's Mm -hmm. a back and forth and i see all the time, I see incredible relationships. I'll call it like Vernon Bird is one of the guys on campus. He's Andy Bird's father, and he works the farm there at campus. And he disciples these students and trains them using you know, farming techniques and aquaponics, whatever. And he loves to teach. I know that's a huge thing with older generations. They love to teach yeah, and yeah. love to pour into, right? Yeah, yeah. And millennials want to hear it. I want to hear it. I'm an elder millennial. <laughs> I'm on the top end. You're an I'm elder, an elder millennial. I'm an elder millennial. <laughs> and so, isn't that awesome? I'm going to make a t-shirt. And so, and so I see it all the time with Vernon Bird. He's just pouring into these kids, and they're just so honored that this older man cares. Like, I can see it in their eyes, man. They're just, like, moved. Like, oh, my gosh, this man's amazing. He's done so much in his yeah. life, and yet he wants to stand right here and talk to me. Yeah. And he cares. And Lauren Cunningham's the exact same way. He takes the time. He always takes the time for the one. Yeah. You know, yeah. somebody comes up like, hey, can I just take a picture? <laughs> you know, and he always like, sure, but he'll take the picture. And then he's going to want to know where you're from. And then he's going to know your story. And then he's going to want to know. He does it all day. Yeah. On campus. And so people are just so taken back, especially millennials, just like, wow, he wants to take the time with me. Yeah. And then when you ask them their stories, ask the millennials their stories, allow it to stoke you, you yeah. know, and get excited again for the things of God. Yeah. You know, there's a song that there's a song that the hook is may we never lose our wonder. And mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot lately, because unfortunately, I meet a lot of older people that say it's hard for them to get excited. Or it's hard for them to feel mm-hmm. like excited or, or wondrous about something, if that makes sense. But we serve a limitless God. We mm-hmm. serve an eternal God. I don't see how there's any room to ever lose wonder or awe yeah. at all. And I think a lot of times a, a God will put a millennial in your life to remind you of your younger self. Because mm-hmm. your soul doesn't age. Your spirit doesn't age. Yeah. Your, your tent, your body's getting older. Yeah. But something, I think, I believe there's something about being around that zealous millennial that stirs that fire in you again. Yeah, so immediately. I'm thinking of the scripture. It's in Romans. And I never know the references. So, guys, just read the whole book. (laughs) That's a safe bet. (laughs) Just read the Bible. Like, go for it. But it's in Romans. And I think it might be Romans 12, 12. You can check me on that. You can text me if that's wrong. uh, um, It says, never be lacking in zeal. Yes, yes. Now, there is no qualifier. Never be lacking zeal if you are a millennial (laughs) and if you are below 26 and haven't gone through hard times. Right, yes. Never be lacking in zeal if this and if your life is easy. Never be lacking. This is to every generation, every, you know, gender, everybody. Yeah. The Bible says never be lacking in zeal, period. Love it. I know. It's, it's a Rome. command, man. It's a command. <laughs> it is. Like, so, it's the same thing as be joyful always. It's, be it's joyful always. Yes, be absolutely. zealous. So, anyway, thank you so much for, for uh, coming and drinking <laughs> coffee with me. Yes. A uh, special species of man. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I am going to see you soon. Yes, in just a couple of weeks. Wow. Yeah, man. God is good. So good. So, um, awesome. any, any last thoughts? Go make a friend. Turn off the news and go make a friend with a millennial.
<laughs> Honestly, man, I, I would just say that to a lot of people. Just don't let the media or anything tell you how things are. Just walk away from it, get out in the world, and start making relationships. I think Jesus said he came that we would live to the full, that we'd have life to the full. Yeah. And I think that massively includes community, and that includes the multi-generational thing. Yeah. I think if we stay in our bubble and we don't get out and, and make friends with other ages and yeah. other you know backgrounds and everything, then we're missing out on that fullness that's our birthright as new believers. Yeah, and, and God's design. Yes. Right? I mean, it's, it, and it's just... It's it's a worldly approach to stay within your generational bubbles. Yeah, it just is, and there, yes. you will lack it's limited. You will lack the abundant life that the Lord spoke about if you are only friends with and only hang out with whatever that age range is. Yeah, oh, man, I mean, I remember so as small. a young man, uh, you know, trying to trying to navigate life, and it was just us and my buddies, we were all in the same struggles, all having the same problems, and yeah. we weren't really helping each other. Yeah. You know, whereas yeah. if we had somebody be like, hey, you're going to get through this, and I did, and here's how, and yes. here's here's some of the things that I learned along the way, it would have been life-changing, yeah. right? So anyway, since that's not how God wants us to live. In no, it's, ice, you should always, always have somebody pouring into you, and you should yep. always be pouring yes. into somebody else, right? Amen. That's the bottom line. Amen. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. Hey, if you like the podcast and you want to show us some love, we're on Instagram at The Kindling Fire. Uh, go follow us there, and I put some cool stuff in the Insta stories, and uh, it would be cool to interact with you there. So just a reminder, follow us on Instagram, and be awesome. If you've been encouraged and inspired by the show and you would like to know what else we've got going on, go to thekindlingfire.com. There you can join the fire starters which is a facebook messenger community i let know first anytime i do anything you can also get a book there called you can certainly do it that i've written to really encourage you to take your first steps to really start the small fire that god's starting in your life uh, in addition to that you can sign up for the seven day bible devotional become a sign and wonder and as always be awesome